You're listening to the Surf Simply podcast, bringing you news and opinion about surf culture, characters, coaching and competition from the team at the Surf Simply Coaching Resort. For more about Surf Simply's video coaching courses, go to surfsimply.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 67 of the Surf Simply podcast. We're recording on Monday, the 26th of August, 2019. My name is Harry Knight, and with me today is Rue Hill. Okay, so listeners, we're recording our first episode at Will and Jesse's house, and Will and Jesse are sitting very smugly on their new sofa at their house, <laughs> sort of playing tootsies with each other on the sofa like only a newly married couple can do. <laughs> Will Forster. Hello, everybody. And Jesse Carnes Forster. What are we going with? Jesse Carnes. Jesse Carnes. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I like that you kept your original name. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Like, I really like Jesse Carnes. It's, it's been me forever, so. Your name is, is quite synonymous with Guiones by this point. Yeah. Well, exactly. But sometimes I get really embarrassed of it because obviously my last name in Spanish means meats. So maybe <laughs> one day I'll change it. But for now, I'm rolling with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it awkward being a vegetarian with the surname of meat? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was really embarrassing about my last name was when I did a contest here and they called everyone's last name for when the person stood up on a wave. So they just were like Carnes in the red jersey, but it was like Carne Rojo. And I was like, oh gosh, this is even worse. <laughs> oh, red meat. <laughs> so it has been a while since we've been on the air. And it, it has. I was going to say that. And then I thought, well, no, Rue doesn't like it when we talk about how long it's been since we've done a podcast. But now that you've said it, that's all right. We well, can just kind of open up to that. That's true. But I think on this particular occasion, we've really stretched it to the limit. And uh, so regular listeners, first of all, Thank you so much to everyone that has come up to me and I'm sure you guys as well in the break since we last did our podcast and people come up and just say a lot of lovely things. But um, we're coming up to nearly three quarters of a million downloads and, and in the last six months since we've recorded an episode, even in this last week, we've had like 6,000 downloads this week. Um, I was just looking at the stats before I came over here, which means that a lot of you guys out there, listeners, are telling other people that you enjoyed the show and they're out there downloading it even more than when we were recording regularly. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe if we shut up, people... <laughs> I don't know. They like so, us so more. Thank you so much to everyone for bearing with us and thanks for spreading the word. And, um, and yeah. sorry we've been away for such a long time. Which isn't to say that we now are going to have a consistent regular recording schedule. We've moved into the new resort, as a lot of you guys know. And it's funny because, I don't know about you guys, but before we moved in, I sort of assumed that with our new slick uh, space that we were operating out of, everything would be more efficient and, and more manageable. And in a lot of ways it is, but you kind of feel like, oh, well, now that this is easy, we should also do this. And it's that sort of thing of every job expanding to fill the space allotted to it, you know. And the last six months have been just the busiest and the most enjoyable of my life, I think. But it's been absolutely crazy busy. And, of course, we had the New York Times article come out, which was, which was huge and kind of we blew up a little bit there. And suddenly the, the bookings went crazy. And uh, we've done a couple of other podcast interviews and stuff and been out there. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been kind of mental. Yeah, I even had like some of my horse friends that were like, where have you been? I'm like, I've been at my I've been working and I've been, you know, enjoying the new resort. And it's been so awesome. So, yeah. And the trouble with Jesse is that (laughs) 
When she says horse friends, you really don't know if she means actual horses <laughs> or horse riders. Because we are just across from the stables. Do you ever get yeah. up in the morning and find Jessie's not there and look out of the window and she's just talking to the horses in the field? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. <laughs> this is the most animals we've ever had present in a podcast. It yeah. is, yeah. In fact, and if you oh, can true. hear that noise in the background, <laughs> listeners, that's one of Will and Jesse's dogs noisily drinking in the yeah. background. Hi, yeah. Sandia. Miss Sandia. <laughs> yeah, all right, everyone, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you guys been up to? You and me had a go at playing with the e-foil boards, which was remarkably good fun. Oh, oh my we God. all which did Actually, that. you guys yeah. did that yeah, as well, we did didn't it. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, So a lady started a company uh, offering e-foil lessons, and we, we all went and gave it a go, and yeah. So for listeners who don't know, an e-foil is, you know, I'm sure all our listeners are familiar with the normal hydrofoil surfboard, which is kind of like a snowboard with maybe like a three or four foot vertical fin and then a sort of two or three foot horizontal fin in an upside down T-shape at the bottom of that fin Mm -hmm. so that you can lift the board up and you're kind of, it looks like you're floating sort of a foot above the water, but, you know, Mm -hmm. actually there's a hydrofoil underneath the surface. And the e-foils, you have a little Bluetooth controller in your hand which then controls a propeller. So you can go up to like, what, fifth, like 20 kilometers an hour, 20 or 20 miles an hour, somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't it was know. something like Feels that. Feels like you're going pretty fast. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Although I did think it was the sort of thing that was like really fun for a day, but I couldn't see myself like getting into it as a regular thing, like surfing. It was like driving a jet ski. Yeah. It was kind of, kind of fun to have a go at it. I w- I'll tell you what it did make me think though, is that I really would like to have a go with a foil surfboard. I felt the same way. Yeah, I kind of like from the e-foil experience, I was like, I want to, you know, just try regular without the motor yeah, and without the remote and all that stuff. Well, and because and you with the e-foils, you do it all on completely flat water. You know, we just went out this very protected bay and you, you, you give it a bit of throttle and the thing starts to rise up out of the water and you can stand up on it and you can cruise around and do these big sort of carving turns. But friend of all of ours, uh, Eric Antonson, has been really getting into riding foil boards and it looks it just looks fascinating. Especially in Florida, where it's like flat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing that kind of amazed me about those boards, and it made me rethink my whole philosophy about fins, surfboard fins generally. I was always one of those skeptics of how much difference there was between fin templates. Because it's hard to imagine that these tiny little differences in outline or in surface area can really make the differences that fin companies claim. But if you imagine the hydrofoil wings and just that you know they're as far as they're like square area they're pretty small if you guys had a look at the at the hydrofoil wings yeah i mean the they're, they're bigger than a surfboard fin but yeah. but not not unusually so you know yeah. it might be four times the surface area of a surfboard fin but if you imagine the lift that those boards yeah. that we were riding you know 200 pounds of human plus the weight of the sur- of the board itself and its batteries i mean those boards uh, yeah, are pretty heavy yeah absolutely and they you know they can lift you know me so easy like you know i'm sure there's a lot more left in the in the lift of those things and you know if you just scale that down back to a surfboard fin and say you know the quarter of the lift is the same as what might you know a normal surfboard fin could be Mm. as an example it's unbelievable you know it might you might have like 50 pounds of lift generated on the uh, you know a template of a surfboard fin and so if you change that design by just 10 percent here or there you know you're changing five pounds of lift from mm. each different fcs template you know i thought that was an amazing uh that's really true i haven't thought yeah. about that before 
Yeah. Speaking of um, surfboards, I've been riding the Gamma, which I've been really enjoying. Have you guys had a go on that? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we, we got a whole batch of new firewires for the resort, and we got a whole bunch of Gammas. So I, I have had a go on... I've tried two of the sizes at the resort. No, I've tried three. I've tried the 6.0, the 6.2, and the 6.4. So I think the Gamma's a really fun board. It's not a million miles away from the Channel Island Flyer. It's kind of a friendly shortboard. But the reason I bring it up, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. I've actually snapped two of them this month. That's how much <laughs> I like them. Um, but the reason that I really... What, what, the reason I bring them up is because they've done a little really clever marketing thing, right, where you know, some boards get associated with high-performance surfing, like, I don't know, I'm thinking of, like, the Proton or something like that. And then other boards, like the Flyer, you think of, or the Spitfire or the Dominator, right, you think of as, like, sort of fun boards. And some weird emotional hook to that narrative of believing that you're on that kind of board. And I can't believe no one's done this before, but Firewire and Kelly Slater or some clever person in the room was just like, oh, we'll have the Gamma, which is what Kelly rides, and then we'll just have like two sets of dims and one which is sort of the high performance dims and one which is, uh, they're probably not calling them the beginner dims, they're probably calling them the stock dims, but those are the dims that I certainly use. And just by having it all under this one name, the Gamma, people get to have that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that the board that's leaning next to their door is the same one that Kelly Slater's just won a heat on um, without them being on the wrong size board. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. I just thought that was really clever who came up with that idea at Firewire. Well, it's actually, uh, that's something that uh, Lost have been doing for a long time. They've, all, they've been releasing boards with the, the Pro Dims. They call it the Pro Dims and the Bro Dims. <laughs> See what they did there? See what they did there? They've, they now do them as Pro Dims and Everyday Dims. Um, and uh, at the moment, I have no shortboards. I have just, I, I, I've got my Bonza and I've got a 6.6 six step up and that's the only boards I've actually got. So I've been trying to figure out what boards to buy. You're really waiting for some big waves for that quiver, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not optimum for Guiones, <laughs> I, I, I will say. So I've been trying to, and I, I've always liked the design philosophy that, that Lost have always seemed to have, which is they're making boards for the best surfers in the world. But at the same time, the, there's a huge part of their market is just normal everyday surfers, and they don't they don't pretend that they're necessarily the same thing. But I now can't decide what to buy. I've got about three or four boards that are all open tabs on my laptop. We we'll need to get into that after the show, then. Yeah. Rue, what did you feel? How did you feel with your bottom turns on the Gamma? Um, that's a very interesting question because I felt that. I, so I did have the wider dims and I felt that it worked great up until the last couple of days. We've had some like incredible surf at Guiones. It's been like double overhead, offshore, really nice, solid groundswell, just like all time. And as soon as the surf started to get like double overhead and pretty powerful, it started to feel pretty twitchy off the bottom. So, um, but what I got was a, I've got a, a, like a 510 that's 30 liters and a 6.2 that's 30 liters. So they're the same volume. You've the same. got the pro dim and the everyday dim. Yeah, but in the same volume. I didn't do that on purpose. That's just kind of what ended up in my garage for a whole long story I won't go into. But I've snapped the 510 now, so I'm going to go and give the 6.2 a go, and I'm feeling like that'll probably start to feel really good. What you really want is a board that's like... 30 liters and 6.2 as you go through your bottom turn. And then as you transition up the face, it squashes down to 5.10, but keeps the same volume as you whip it off the top. Well, that just means you need an asymmetric board. Mm. You need a board with an well, asymmetric yeah, tail. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, although, but you'd need to have it going the other way for going the other way. Yeah, no, you could only have a left-hand left board or a right-hand board. This, this is stuff that's all going to be fixed once we've all uploaded into the <laughs> matrix. <laughs> 
What about you guys? What have you been up to? Do you want to? Do you want to go? Yeah, we're still independent people. <laughs> yeah, honest. <laughs> um, have you guys been finishing each other's sentences? Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> We went and stayed with Asher in San Clemente, which was amazing. So thank you, Asher, for putting us up. I'd never been to San Clemente before, and it's a beautiful little town. It totally like, blew me away. We walked to the beach every day. He's got a great little apartment. Um, we surfed uh, T Street a couple of times, and he took us to San Ofre, and we met up with his you know, longboard crew, the current world number one, was just hanging around, and you know, Asher's kind of well-connected at this point. So um, yeah, very fun. Thanks, Asher. Yeah, that was so much fun. We got to go shopping. We went to like Trader Joe's, which we were, I was like freaking out about. I was like, you have a Trader Joe's right by. And if you could imagine, like, for those of you who've never been to San Clemente, like, and you know Asher at least a little bit, like, Asher is that town. <laughs> like, it's sunny every day. Like, everything's awesome. Like, yeah. A bit longboardy, a bit shortboardy. Yeah, like, really cool. <laughs> Good muscles. <laughs> When, when we saw Asher, yeah, he was wearing like a really cool shirt and these short shorts and he came like down this hill with the sun setting at the right time. I was like, what's happening right now? On an electric bicycle. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. he's fit in really nicely over there. We're very happy for him. So yeah. we miss you, Asher, but we know how stoked you are. Um, we also got married, everybody. Boom, boom, boom. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. That was an that epic wedding. Yeah, it was very fun. So we basically had our families come in for the week. Um, and then I got sick two days before the wedding. Do you guys remember that? I didn't have my voice. I lost my voice, everyone. It was terrible. But I went to the doctor and they helped me out with some steroid shots so I could at least say my vows on the beach. The morning of the wedding, it was so, it was probably my favorite part of the whole day. Uh, all of our friends like came out and there was like 25 or 30 of us probably. There were a lot. It's the most epic photo I've ever seen. We all went out surfing and we all tried. Harry did such a good job calling everyone into this one wave. <laughs> yeah. Papa Harry took charge. How, how yeah. many people yeah. do you think we had on that one wave? I don't know. I've got the photograph. I'd love to pull it up. But yeah. It's, yeah. it's got to be 15, 20 people. And I feel like the photo didn't get everyone. Like the photo wasn't like, or the camera wasn't like a wide lens. So we couldn't get everyone that was on that one wave. And there's just one person on the inside, like looking at this line of people. Coming at us, <laughs> like like Jon Snow at the Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we made some people mad that day. But we started the morning off with a an amazing surf. The waves were like waist high and everyone was on longboards. Asher came down and like all my friends from home. And that was actually the first time I surfed with my brother and my stepbrother and my stepsister for the first time in 15 years together. And we wow. were back out in the water together. It was awesome. Um, and my best friend came down and I haven't surfed with her in, a, in forever. So it was a really nice, nice morning. And then a lot of guests who stayed at Sir Simply were like, take your time during the wedding, like embrace every moment, like try to remember as much stuff as possible. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I swear, like we walked to the beach and then the night was over. The cops showed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the cops showed up, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. but, they were, but they just kind of rocked up and we were, they were like, what's going on? And we were like, it's a wedding. And they were like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be like, do you guys want some tacos and some beer? <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we shut it down after the cops showed up. Um, relocated. We, yeah, we relocated. But yeah. it was it was 
literally like the best day ever. It was awesome. It was a really cool day. We relocated to the podcast recording studio. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We did. Slash your house. <laughs> Very cool. And you've been, uh, you've been learning to play the bass room. Well, it's been, it has been one of the busiest times ever. So I've uh, enjoyed getting into a bit of music stuff. And I've, I bought myself a DJ set so that I can just annoy the hell out of everyone. And now I've bought a bass guitar and I'm playing with Danny, uh, one of Surf Simply's other owners who guests will know. She manages the resort. And she decided about six months ago she was just going to learn to play the drums. But very specifically, she was going to learn to play all the Motley Crue songs on the drums. Mm. So uh, she's, I, I'm now playing bass in her band, which she constantly reminds me I have no say in what songs we play <laughs> I have to just shut up and play the bass and uh, Ollie former Sir Simply coach is on lead vocals who's got a surprisingly good 80s scream to him and uh, and then we've got Jose Sibaja our video editor who makes all the weekly movies at Sir Simply and as some of our listeners might know, he is the front man, or the, sorry, he's the lead guitarist for Numa, which is like one of Latin America's biggest heavy metal rock bands. They opened for Metallica and played at the stadium there. So he like, basically we're all a bit shit and Jose like keeps <laughs> us all together. Like the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> except with just one of Lennon McCartney and three Ringos. <laughs> but, uh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> no, that's not really fair on Ollie actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we're going to do a little end of season party and we're going to try and play for you guys. Yeah, I'm very upset. I'm going to miss it. Yeah. You sounded not at all upset. No, I, I, <laughs> well, you know how I love a really busy party. Yeah. Um, no, I am a bit gutted. I, I thought I might, uh, if you guys are practicing next Saturday, I thought I might wander in and, and watch for a bit. Oh, you definitely should. Do you guys have any band names? Um, Danny voted for Neighbours from Hell because <laughs> she's been consistently upsetting Susanna, her neighbour. <laughs> Susanna's actually been amazing and has insisted that she comes over and does us all up in like 80 glam rock gear for the concert, yes. which I think is really cool. That's awesome. And then uh, everyone else chipped in with band names and Danny was like, no, 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 it's my band. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you could so, be called Player Guitara, bit of a play on words there for Playa Beach. Duh. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, or something else. Maybe we'll just stick well, with the name we've got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, maybe you've got it. At least we'll know what to do if the cops come this time. Yeah, we'll like know true. exactly how to. <laughs> how many songs do you guys have? We have four songs. Cool. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a lot. Yeah. We've yeah. got Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue. <laughs> 10 Seconds Love by Motley Crue. We're doing White Wedding by Billy oh, Idol. Oh, nice. That's a great song. Um, Derek is rapping Juicy by Biggie Smalls. Okay. Which is my personal <laughs> favorite one. And then we're doing Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi, which was awful. But now that I've insisted that it has 16 bars of rap in the middle, it's significantly <laughs> better. <laughs> Before we move on, like obviously we've all caught up, but actually over the last six months, like Ruth said, we've been crazy busy doing lots and lots of, of stuff. And um, normally we would sort of drip feed this to you listeners um, as, as the podcast rolled through. But but just to, I guess, bring you up to speed with, with all the stuff that we've been up to at the resort as well as what we've been up to personally. I, I, I don't know. Where, where should we start? What, was Me Mexico was probably the first thing, wasn't it? Mexico is in May. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Tommy organized a trip down to Mexico, which was, um, we just kind of kept it really small. We went to um, La Saladita, which is the left-hand point where they have the Mexico Log Fest. Um, you know, we do these little satellite trips, uh, listeners, for people that have stayed with us. and They have to be kind of level three or level four surfers, so able to 
uh, catch their own waves and we're just doing video coaching from the beach. But we do these little trips just as kind of like fun little travel projects and as a way to coach in different types of environments. So that was really popular. It was massively oversubscribed. We've come up with a new system for doing our satellite trips now where we email everyone who's who said that they wanted to be on the list and then we do a lottery and just because this is the question that everyone has keeps asking it genuinely is a yep. lottery we put everyone into a into a list and then we do a random number generator and it picks the numbers out and those are the people that get to come and so you've never seen someone quite so cheerful as Carrie Ann playing with a random number <laughs> generator <laughs> it really brings out the geek in her but because we get these emails all the time from people who are going no but but really like what what do we have to do to get in and it's just like no no it's it's a lottery and they're like yeah yeah right wink wink nudge nudge but really how do you get in <laughs> it really is a lottery anyway we did that trip which was fantastic Tommy did a really fantastic job and, and a handful of the coaches went down and Maureen took some beautiful photographs and Jose yeah. made an epic movie of that um, and then we've, uh, we had the WSL reach out to us and the Kelly Slater Wave Company and we've sort of been chatting with those guys and sort of got to know them a little bit and they're just they're a really awesome group of people. I mean, it's a huge organization. We don't know all of them, but there's a few individuals there that we've sort of collectively become good friends with and they invited us up to Surf Ranch for the day. And as regular listeners will know, we, we ran a day of coaching there before for Surf Simply Guests and Harry and Jesse and I got to get like two waves before so that we yeah. knew what the wave was like before we coached there. So no pressure at all. <laughs> and then uh, the other coaches, some of them got to jump in at lunchtime and get a wave. But this time we got the whole thing for the day and they put us up in their Airstream caravans, which they have set up there, which they, they were sort of testing as a new accommodation for people that go to stay there. And they took such amazing care of us. It was like... Your guy's wedding was a great day, but I'm going to say that that day at Surf Ranch. I was just going to say the second best day of my life. <laughs> it, was, it was just unbelievable. And, and going back there a second time and just having that same feeling of like a kid on Christmas morning, I can't think of another way of describing it. I just don't remember it any other time in my adult life. Even going out, you know, I've been fortunate enough to surf some amazing places, but something about being at Surf Ranch is special because you know that it's not just like you're going to maybe get some good waves because the surf's pumping, like if you're on a great day out at Cloud Break or G-Land or something. Mm. But knowing that every single person there is all, you know, your friends and you know that they're all going to get really amazing waves. You know, it's not going to be like someone's going to get skunked and not get one. And there's something about that which you just I haven't experienced elsewhere and it was it was so incredible like watching Kerri-Anne get barreled and watching all mm -hmm. of you guys get barreled and shoving my little nieces over the <laughs> ledge to watch them accidentally surf the wrong way nearly into the jet ski <laughs> it was like the whole thing was just so fantastic so huge thank you to the WSL for sure thanks guys yeah you know who surfed that wave really well was Danny because she's so calm and relaxed and like on that wave, if you rush anything and or mess up anything, you're going to just go over the falls. But she would just set up for the barrel. She'd get really low and she would wait. And like they had coaches there too. And one of the coaches was like, be more like Danny. And I was like, yes, okay, be more like Danny, like calm down. Because you just want to like get on the wave and like surf it like you know, fast because it is traveling fast, but you actually have to just like slow your thought process down, like relax a little bit. How nervous were you on that first? So Jesse got the first wave, and it's, which is kind of special there, listeners, because, you know, whenever you see footage of a wave coming through and it looks like oil, it's so smooth. Mm. That's only the first wave of the day that does that. So Jesse had the honor of going on that one. And you got pretty barreled and every, we're all up in the tower at the top where they control it. And as soon as your board appeared at the end of the barrel, everyone just went absolutely bananas. Oh man. So my first wave and the last two were like really good. 
the reason that first wave's so good is because the water's just had so long to, to smooth off. They shut the wave pool down over lunch and it, it completely oiled out again. And um, I had the first wave after lunch and completely blew it. Did you find it with this one that with that first wave when I took off, it was so glassy I couldn't, I couldn't really see the shape of the wave very well and I just completely misjudged the, the, the first turn. That was the, the, the lip wasn't where I thought it was, and I just, which is devastating. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I saw it from the pool. I was like, oh, no, from like the other end. I was like, oh, Harry. Walk of shame. <laughs> other quick news. We've got an Indo satellite trip coming up, which is already full, um, but I'm sure that we'll do more again in the future. So uh, Harrison's going to be running that one because, you know, listeners, we like to have um, with all of these trips, a different one of the Surf Simply sort of team steps up and, and takes an entrepreneurial role and kind of runs it like their own project. So Tommy did the Mexico trip. Harrison's doing the Indo trip. Uh, you guys are all going along. I'm not going, which I'm kind of semi-gutted about. I'm gutted because it's going to be so much fun. But I've got a trip to Tavarua coming, so I've got to go and do that instead. Tough life. Yeah, Tough gig. How decisions. excited are you guys to get back going to Indo? Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, it'll be fun to get back. It'll be fun to get back. I'm really excited. We're going to go to uh, the Kandui Resort in the Mentawi Islands. And, um, yeah, big thank you to Justice there, who's been helping us get everything squared away and organized. Yeah, he's been awesome. Um, and I'm excited because when we went, when was it? A couple of years ago, the Asher ran a trip out there. And we, we weren't staying at Kandu, we were sort of staying around the corner. But we did surf a couple of the breaks that were out in front of Kandu. And they have put in this little floating pontoon dock right in the channel by a wave called Four Bobs. And I'm really excited about sitting on a floating pontoon videoing people <laughs> riding that wave. I just think that sounds great. And I can just put you there with a chocolate milk in one hand oh, yes. and your camera in the other. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. It actually is super fun. Eddie, uh, a guest who went with us to, to the Mentawis, uh, and I surfed it the most. And it's just such a rippable wave. And then exactly like what you were saying here, you just paddle over to the floating dock, sit under the shade, have some water, and then you're like right back out for more. It's yeah. a great addition to that place for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, other things that have happened, we we were a, a big thank you to the Latin American Design Association who gave us the. Uh, we got two awards. We got the Interior Design Award, and we also won the Best in Category Hotel Award for the whole of Latin America for wow. the Surf Simply Resort. So we were really stoked about that. I need to put all the badges and stuff all over the website, but we you know I haven't got around to doing that yet. So have we got um, our um, have we got the lead certification yet? The lead certification is on its way. We have not got the actual plaque, but I'm going to put it up just inside the door on the on the concrete thing. I thought I'd get a nice glass one, you know, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. new glass one and put it up there. Nice. So I'm really proud nice. of that too. So um, cool. Also, we've got a new online coaching. Um, well, I wouldn't say an online coaching course. It's more like we're sort of starting to beta test an online coaching program that we're going to yeah. offer on a sort of bespoke basis harry do you want to talk a bit more about that yeah we've um we've just been playing around you know one of the one of the biggest tools that we have when people come to stay with us is is you know that we dig the video cameras out and we go through the the, the ability to just slow everything down go through frame by frame and, and see what your body's doing in those those sort of moments of chaos um is just the most useful thing ever and you know we're super aware that, that there are a lot of you listeners and, and a lot of people that follow us on on you know, Instagram and Facebook and things like that, that that haven't had the opportunity to come and stay with us out in Nassara. And we, we thought it would be, be really fun if we could find a way to offer up some coaching. So I, I think the problem that most places have with online video coaching, and there's quite a few people out there playing with it. And I think, you know, everyone's 
doing a, a really good job at trying to get it together. But I think everyone really keeps hitting the same problem. And it's the, pro- and it's the reason that we haven't done it before. Mm. And that's basically because when someone comes along to surf simile as a level three surfer, you know, a f- level four surfer, as an experienced surfer, they, they come along and they basically say, I want to be working on maneuver X. You mm. know, and usually it's more than one thing. But let's just say there's a top turn or whatever it is, a cutback or a nose ride. And then the process of coaching them 99 times out of 100 involves going, okay, the reason why, you know, that isn't happening is because we have to like walk right back through the whole way that you're approaching turns, usually back to even the way that you're thinking about your stance, the timing of your turns and the reason why you're doing the turns. And then if we fast forward back to this specific maneuver you're thinking about, what I'll tell you about what you need to do differently won't just be an isolated data point. It'll make perfect sense in the context of the whole mechanism of surfing a wave. And usually when people come along, you know, one of the reasons we stopped doing surf lessons and started just doing a one-week course as, as the smallest amount is because, you know, we found in the early days of the business, Harry, that we, we needed like two or three days with people to start coaching them. Like yeah. that was the minimum. Just to get the vocabulary and, and um, so that you're on the same page with all of the vocabulary and with all of the mechanisms mechanisms that you're talking about Mm -hmm. so you know what we found is that when when people send in a half hour video clip you can't really do like just a half hour lot of feedback and the way that most people get around it that I've seen um, and I'm happy to be shown to be wrong about this but it's generally that rather than coaching they give tips they give just reactive tips like I noticed you were not putting your hand here during this bit of the turn or I noticed that you weren't looking here during this bit of the turn so they give someone some tips and I think what we try and do differently at Surf Simile is actually do an entirely foundational coaching sort of bottom-up approach rather than a top-down you know reactive just seeing tips and mentioning them kind of approach and we wanted to carry that through to the online coaching so the way we're getting around it now is that to begin with we're going to be beta testing this with some with some guests who've already stayed with us so we know they've had that foundational approach and then we're going to figure out how to how to tackle that problem of coaching people who haven't stayed with us afterwards and we've got a few ideas which I won't dive into now but I'm sure we will on future episodes but um, it's going to be a really really interesting one it was cool actually I noticed when you put the post up yesterday we were looking for 10 volunteers and we had like 30 people within about 10 minutes yeah so that was was quite fun yeah it's quite fun having the having the uh, spreadsheet open and just seeing it filling up filling up filling up yeah filling up filling up so thank you to everyone who's put their hand up to do that and that's going to be really fun so one of the things that always surprises me listeners when I'm looking at our user data on our website is that the article that we have online on Surf Simply Magazine that gets looked at more than anything else on the website, more than the homepage, the availability, more than the podcast or all the magazine articles put together, is one article written by Harry back in 2012 on volume to weight ratios. Yeah, which we've spoken about in uh, episode 50, I think we touched back to it. Which is also our most listened to episode. Um, So obviously, you know, it's a subject a lot of people are really interested in. And you, Harry, have developed a really freaking cool volume to weight ratio interactive calculator with a lot of help from will yeah we've um um you know we, we were sort of developing this way of like aligning the volume to weight recommendations with skills on the tree of knowledge and it's taken us a little while to get it really kind of tidied away um will's done loads of work kind of making it 
actually look beautiful and uh, Mark who does all the website for us has, has made a, a really cool interactive version that that you know spits out numbers for you as you as you move your mouse around on it and it's 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 pretty cool I'm pretty excited about it so as we record right now it's not uh, it's not up but we're going to launch it and uh, this weekend and probably given my normal editing schedule uh, it'll probably be going live pretty much about the same time this episode is so um, if it's not up already listeners it will be up uh, very shortly and uh, go and have a play go and have a, a little fiddle around with it i think the, the the big thing that we wanted to do that that was really different with this is is when you go to most websites with surfboards they tell you what surfboard you should ride and invariably it's a small shortboard and you have to tell them whether you're a beginner an intermediate or advanced and nobody knows whether you know where they sit in that scale what we've done with this is like i say we've tied it into the tree of knowledge skills so you know if you're working on angle takeoffs or you're working on cutbacks or you're working on vertical re-entries you know you you can line that up on the volume to weight chart but the other side is it's not saying this is the board you should ride it's just finding the point at which the board's going to be too small if you're trying to to work on these maneuvers on a board smaller than this that process is just going to be a lot harder it's going to be a lot more frustrating it's not going to be as fun working on those new skills and i think that's a really different approach that I, I i'm not aware of anybody else taking that approach to recommending boards to people because everyone writes intermediate advanced pro or beginner and it's like well yeah. where, you know like where are you in that 99 percent of everybody puts themselves as intermediate yeah yeah and so it, it, it's a really great way of just breaking that down specifically for what like you said like what you're working on it's so it's really really awesome you guys are amazing yeah it's cool no you're amazing no you're amazing, no, you're amazing. <laughs> no, <stop> it. <laughs> no it's really really cool though like when harry pulled it up and like will was working on it like the whole time i was like this is gonna change a lot of the information that's out there you're listening to the surf simply podcast i thought with all the sort of prep work that uh, we've been doing on the online video coaching uh, program one of the questions I get asked a lot by people is, is, you know, how to go about getting some video. People come, they stay with us, they feel that the video coaching is really, really useful. They want to carry on in some way, shape or form once they leave us. Harry, tell me, how, how do I, Harry, Harry, tell me, tell me, <laughs> Harry, how, how, how do I go about getting uh, video footage of myself? I'm, I'm out there in the world. I haven't I know, got these coaches so, around that I'm so paying. Difficult. I want to go surfing. I want to get my video footage how do I do it? There we go. Yeah, I thought I would just put together my thoughts and some of the stuff that we've played around with over the years. So first things first, for anybody that's not yet convinced, just, just why it might be worth getting, uh, getting some video of yourself out in the water. And the, the, the biggest thing is just that everything happens so quickly out in the water. It's so hard to know where all the bits of your body are. If you can't take that third person view and look at what was going on, you don't really know, you know, you, 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 at any one point you might be focusing on what this hand's doing or that foot's doing, but then you don't know where the rest of your body is. And it's only by being able to sit there and, and watch through the video that it really helps. Harry, are you saying that when I feel really compressed and on rail through my bottom turn that I might not actually be <laughs> compressed and on that rail? That your knees might still be locked out. Yeah. <laughs> but so this is the other interesting thing is, is the analogy I always use for when people see themselves on video is that it's, it's a bit like listening back to your own voice, listening to your own voicemail message. And you always sound a bit different to how you think you sound. So in the same way that, that you know, the first time you hear your voice, it 
it doesn't sound necessarily quite the way you think it does. The same is true with surfing. You know, the way that it feels in the water isn't necessarily how it looks. But the more that you see yourself surf, the more that you hear yourself talk, the more in line that your, your mental perception of, of, of what you're doing um, comes into line with the reality of it. Um, and so just even if you're not doing coaching from it, even if you're just watching back clips of what you're doing, it will really, really help you understand what's going on in the water. It also shows you what's happening on the parts of the wave that you're not looking at. Mm. You know, I mean, one of the most classic ones is people don't realize how far away from the critical section of the wave that they are, you know, because they're not looking back behind them or just in the middle of a turn, they're looking in the wrong place and being able to show them, you know, where they should be looking is huge. Root, are you saying that that cutback I did the other day <laughs> wasn't as aggressive as I thought it was? No, I would never dream of saying that well. By the way, can we just throw this into the show notes that apropos of nothing, we, we're on that one of those really big days that 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 was the last couple of days, and that wave that you took off on Aguilas that looked like freaking twelve foot pipeline, and you just took your hat off halfway down the wave. So there's this wave like standing up behind you, and you're just looking like a gentleman just opening his hat for a lady going through the door. It's really lovely. Yeah, I was talking to the guests actually about that because I put that video of my wave in my theory with the group, just you know, because I deserved some credit. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what for? This is how you take your hat yeah. off on a wave. And we were talking about it at dinner. So I had dinner with the guest that night and one of the guests I was coaching, Scott, he said, yeah, we, I got the impression that whenever you take your hat off to do a turtle dive, like it was, you know, it was ready to go kind of thing. I was like, yeah, that's kind of my poker tell because, you know, Danny only gives us one of those hats. So. <laughs> <laughs> when shit's getting serious, yeah. that hat comes yeah. up. <laughs> um, so yeah, broadly, you know, that's just some, some good motivation for going out and getting the footage. Now, in terms of useful footage, the thing that people get a lot is point of view, the, the, the sort of point of view GoPro angle. Um, and there are a few problems with this. The, 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 the cool GoPro angle is normally, you know, someone's got the camera in their mouth looking forward, looking out of the barrel. Hopefully looking forward. Hopefully looking forward yeah. out of the barrel. But, you know, that doesn't show you anything of really what's going on. It's a nice clip to, to have. If you stick the GoPro on the front of the board looking backwards, again, it's not terrible, but it's very limited in what you can see. Because of that big fisheye lens, it really distorts the shape of the wave. Um, it doesn't matter if it's 20 foot or 2 foot, it will look about 4 foot. Yeah, it's um, weird that, isn't it? Yeah, they just all Every look wave just looks waist high when you've got a GoPro pointing backwards from the nose <laughs> of the board. <laughs> um, and it's, but you do get the advantage of seeing what your face looks like when you're paddling into a wave. Which is always a delight. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, it, they have their uses. Really, really good for seeing where your feet are landing on the board, for yeah. seeing what your hands are doing. But what you don't see is, is what the timing was relative to the wave. And so it has limited use, usage in, in that front. If you can get a, a beach view, that's by far and away the most useful. It's that stepped back view, camera on the beach, you're out in the water and you can really see what's going on on the wave. You can see what's ahead of you, you can see what's behind you, you can see where you are relative to the wave and you can see very clearly uh, where you are on the board as well. Um, and the only other angle that you might be able to get is, is sort of an overhead angle. Um, if you're at a beach where there's a, a pier or a jetty that sticks out into the water and you can stand on that, or if you've got a, a friend with a drone that can fly out and get some shots, um, they're not as useful for the on-wave 
coaching and and for seeing what you're doing on the wave because that lifted perspective again it kind of distorts what the wave looks like it's much harder to see how high up on the wave face you are whether you're timing your turns correctly but they're fantastic for seeing how you're navigating the lineup you get this really great pulled back perspective as to whether you could have been a little bit closer to the the, the takeoff spot or um, moved in a different direction to get a better ride. So you're saying that peer review has its place. <laughs> 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 sorry, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, but having that pe- having that peer review, having that <laughs> drone view from straight down, is yeah. really useful when you're seeing where the where you should have taken off on the wave. You yes, know, that you get that beautiful just map of white water that gets drawn as you're looking straight down, and you can see where you should have got to. Well, and even even not necessarily straight down but just that 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 lifted up you know looking down on the on the scenario from a height you know even if it's a you know looking down at an angle rather than looking straight down mm. but but the utility is more limited to catching the wave rather than yeah. what you're doing on the as, wave as, as soon as you're up on the wave it's it's again it's a bit like the the point of view footage with a gopro it looks really cool and it can i mean it can look stunning i'm i i fly the drone for the most part at surf simply and i i think you can get the most stunning imagery out of it but just from a coaching perspective seeing what somebody's doing on the wave is a little bit trickier and actually on the subject of the difference between what's necessarily functional from a coaching point of view and what's beautiful we actually shoot two whole different sets of films side by side at Surf Simile. And the stuff that we're shooting that we make those end of week movies out of is done with an 800mm lens, which is way more kind of pulled in and close and feels much more intimate, um, which was, you know, back in the late 90s, that was how Jack Johnson started shooting a lot of his films when everyone else was kind of pulled, pulled back a little bit. He would have the surfer you know, taking up more than the entire screen so you could just see f- feet or head or part of the body and you really feel like you're in there with them. But that's not that useful for coaching because you can't see where you're on the wave. So we, we used that whole different set of footage for making something beautiful and then pulled back footage where you can see where the surfer is re- relative to the different sections on the wave for coaching. So, you know, if you really want to get into the weeds with it when you're thinking about filming, you actually want to use almost kind of two different styles depending on what, what you're trying to get out of it. Moving on from that broad brushstroke, let's let's talk some details. Let's talk about the, the, the equipment that you might want to use. Like we said, the, the GoPro is always an option. It's probably the only option, really, if you're just going to try and film yourself, with one exception, which we'll talk about later. It is a little bit limited in what you're going to be able to get from the footage. Well, it's, it's very limited. I mean, it's basically, if you're, if you're coming off because your front foot aren't on the center, which for some people that one error swamps everything else they're doing in surfing and you know without having seen you surf listener we couldn't tell you that but if you're that person sticking a gopro on the front of your board is incredibly useful there are some basic stance points that you can you can get from a from a gopro you know are you looking down when you pop up have you got both hands on the same side of the board are you hinging at the waist rather than using your knees and your legs for suspension uh, where, where is your front foot position on the board? All of those things, the GoPro actually is pretty good for. In terms of, of judging maneuvers and turns on the wave face, it's, it's not so good. But you can pick up a, an entry-level GoPro for less than $200. It's a, a very low investment relatively in terms of a camera, and there's no wider organization needed to go out and get some clips. So, you know, on that front, it, it does still have a lot of merit. The other nice thing about having a GoPro is that, and this is, it depends what kind of wave you live at, but I think this is, should be just a must for every surfer. Get yourself a pair of swim fins. You can get a set for like 30 or 40 bucks on Amazon. 
Um, and then anytime the surf's a little heavy or a bit intimidating for you to go out surfing in, you can go out without a board and just swim and swim under the waves and snap some fun pictures with your GoPro. And it gives you a reason to be out there because sometimes swimming around isn't that fun. If you can get cool photos of people, it's usually a cool way to meet people out in the water and you're not going to be getting in people's way. You can get comfortable in waves far heavier than you would be comfortable surfing in. So, and it's, and if you, as we've talked about on the show before, if you've got a bit of a bad back, it's fantastic cross-training. Yeah. So if you're going to get a GoPro for the sake of 40 bucks, get a, get a set of those fins as well. So the next step up would be to get um, a, a camcorder. They're actually about the same price range as a GoPro. You can pick up a, a, a pretty basic camcorder for about 180 bucks, 190 bucks. Um, the biggest thing that you need to look for is, is the amount of zoom on it. Normally on, on video cameras, you, you talk about a sort of multiplication thing. I would say you want at least 30 times zoom, preferably 60 times zoom for it really to, I would say 60 is, is kind of a minimum for, for, for the zoom uh, in terms of being able to sit on the beach two, 300 meters away from the surfer and zoom in to where the surfer's filling enough of the screen that you can really do some good feedback on. Are we talking about optical zoom or digital zoom? Harry? Oh, now that is an excellent question, Rupert. Make you sure two today are just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very importantly, make sure it's optical zoom. Digital zoom, um, almost all modern cameras now will tell you that they've got 200 million times digital zoom. Uh, all that you're doing is just taking that picture and, and zooming in like you would on the computer, and it's just going to get very, very pixelated. I'll put some links in the show notes to all of this, listeners. Um, we used to use um, a Panasonic camcorder that is not particularly expensive. It's got a great optical zoom on it, uh, very, very functional, uh, and it will get all the clips for you. The slight downside is most camcorders, unless you spend quite a lot of money, they have a very small, what's called the objective lens. It's that front lens on the camera. And the smaller it is, the less light it lets in. So the logical next step would be to get an SLR camera. That's what we, that's what our videographers use, um, is big sort of SLR uh, photography cameras with big lenses on them. And those get really, really expensive. You're talking, uh, you know, $1,000 for the body and and however much you want to spend on a lens. To get the sort of zoom that, that we're talking about, you're probably looking at at least 800 mil. Talking photography terms now, we, rather than talking about a multi multiplication, it's, we tend to talk in millimeters for photography. You're looking really at, at, at at least 800 mil, and a lens like that for an SLR camera is very, very expensive. What we use at Surf Simply is what's called a bridge camera which is a, a kind of halfway point between a point-and-shoot camera and an SLR. And you, you, listeners, you'll, you'll definitely have seen people using them around. They look a bit like an SLR camera. They've got this big, long lens on them, but it's a fixed lens. You can't take it off and change it. They're more expensive than the camcorders, but not nearly, you know, way, way less than buying, buying SLRs. They have a much, much bigger objective lens. So the image quality that comes in is much higher than through a basic camcorder. We're currently using uh, the Canon uh, SX60, which they don't make anymore. We, 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 we've had them, we, we've been using them on the beach for ages. They've been really good, really reliable. Um, I, I think they've now bought a new generation of it out. I think it's the SX70 is the new one, but I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes to all of this listeners so you can go and check it out. They are still more expensive. Uh, those bridge cameras are about uh, $400 to $600, depending on the make and the brand. And so double the price of the camcorder, but it is that, that extra image quality should you want to do something, something more beautiful with it. The final option is the solo shot. 
Um, and there are a few other companies I know that are starting to put some technology together to do something similar to what SoloShot is. For listeners that haven't seen it, SoloShot's uh, a camera that's mounted on a tripod and you wear a little, a little gadget uh, and the camera will then track you in the water and you can press start and stop to, to control the filming and all sorts of things like that. So the benefit is, again, in a bit, a bit like the GoPro, you don't need anyone else, technically. You set the camera up, you go surfing, it records everything. Someone you go steals and watch the camera. It. Someone steals the camera, so this is the problem. <laughs> now, they do come with a, with a chain, so you can lock them up. Equally, you know, if you've got somebody that, doesn't, that likes to go to the beach and sunbathe, well, then they can watch. They can at least stop somebody stealing it. The downside is, is they're a little fiddly to set up. You set them up, you have to go and walk around the beach and let it calibrate itself and get set up and then you paddle out and there's still a chance that, that you know you may come in and it, and, it, and it doesn't work. But from what I've seen for the most part, the latest generation, I think they're on the third generation of them now and it does seem to be pretty good and pretty reliable. I know a few people, uh, Harrison was actually playing around with one of the third generation ones recently and he, apart from the setup being a little fiddly, was, was pretty pleased with how it came out. Am I right in saying it's either part of the program or it's like a program separate that you can buy, but it takes all your footage and it cuts it for you as well, the newer one? Depending on how you set it up, you can, when you press the button that's on your arm, you can have it start and stop the video or you can have it just film continuously and then you can effectively create a marker uh, at each point where you want it to know where it is there, there are a few different ways that you can set it up but it's it's quite clever there is i know that um we've spoken about trace in the past they've actually completely stopped doing snowboarding and surfing stuff and they're now doing uh soccer and they have a big uh camera that you mount up on the side that films complete 180 degrees and it films the entire football pitch and everyone running around on it but it then it then edits because it knows where all the people are within the video camera. I, I haven't played around with it, but <laughs> like it looks very yet clever. Yet another company realises there's a lot more money in soccer than surfing. Than surfing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the solo shot is, is, is an option and, and has its benefit. The downside is it is 900 bucks. Wow. Um, so it's quite an expensive piece of kit to leave it unattended on the beach, even if chained to something. Um, with all the other cameras, the SoloShot comes with its own tripod. With all the others, you're going to need to get yourself a, a, a tripod to mount the camera on. The one piece of advice I would say is don't go for the $20 tripod. They tend to fall apart quite quickly, and they tend to not pan very smoothly. When you're trying to track a surfer across the wave, and you're panning left to right or slightly up and down, they tend to be a bit jerky and a bit jumpy, and it's quite hard to keep somebody in in track if you just go the next step up and do that sort of 50 to 100 dollar range on a tripod the 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 increase in uh performance from that tripod will be huge the full professional tripods i mean again you can spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars on tripods for just the occasional use for filming surfing you probably don't need to go down that route we use the Manfrotto ones, which have got this really beautiful, smooth pan, but they're really heavy they're and they're really super heavy. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really don't want to be doing a long hike into a surf spot with one of those. No. But no one could steal it. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that's pretty much it in terms of, of the equipment. The, the only other thing that I would recommend with all of the, the camera equipment is get a good waterproof hard case. If the conditions deteriorate, it is really nice to know that you can put that quite expensive piece of delicate electronics in a case, shut the lid, 
And even if it's pouring with rain, you know that your camera's okay. And there's nothing more satisfying than buying a Pelican case full of foam oh, and, and then oh, cutting out yeah. the foam mm. to exactly the right shape of the camera that you're then going to sit inside it. So satisfying. Some of life's great pleasures. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so that, that would be the final piece of the, of the, of the kit that I would, I would definitely recommend getting. So how are we going to do it? How do we actually get this footage? You've got the option of the robot filming with, with the solo shot, um, and you could record yourself with the GoPro. But let's assume that we, we want to get that beach angle. It's not easy persuading somebody to come down and stand on the beach and video you. I totally agree. I don't think that you should test the patience of your significant other by expecting them to come down and, and film your possibly amazing turns, <laughs> but possibly <laughs> mediocre turns. Um, and then, of course, you know, what invariably happens is that when there's a camera on you, you don't surf as, you, as well as you would like to have. So then you get out the water feeling like a bit cross yeah. to then immediately approach your partner who's probably had their patience worn a little thin. By and then watching you, you surf for an hour and a half <laughs> while they stand in the sun, hot and sweaty. Or shivering in the freezing cold. Either yeah. way, it's just there's, there's a lot more ways that that can go wrong than right from a fun day out with your partner point of view. But what I would advocate is actually... You know, there's a lot of kids around the local beach, you know, and, and kids are mostly looking to, you know, make a bit of money or weekends and whatnot. And, and if you can find someone that you can just pay a, a nominal wage to who's happy to stand on the beach, maybe a young surfer that you've met through the club or one of your friend's kids or something like that, and they're happy to just film you surfing and you give them 20 bucks to film you for a session, I think that's a really, really great way of doing it. And Or perhaps you even do a trade-off and then you film them. And I think that you shouldn't be embarrassed about asking someone and Please don't expect that the time that you go out in front of the camera, you're going to do your best surfing because you won't. So like statistically, it's just really unlikely. And it's not helpful either, as we've talked about on the show before. What you want is to make all of your mistakes in front of the camera so you can see what they look like. Another really good way of doing it is to team up with your friends. Mm -hmm. That's what we do a lot here in Guiones is we'll just all like coordinate the night before and then someone will go out for like 20 minutes and then the next person comes in and films for 20 minutes. So if you have like three people, each one does like a 20 minute heat, you know, you're getting a lot of time out in the water and a lot of time on video. Yeah. And you can give each other tips, you know, and, and help each other out and say, hey, try this or let's go for that. And that becomes quite nice too. And, and then it's pretty fun as well because you can kind of come in and you're all hanging out together and you've all done, you know, if there's four of you, you've done 75% surfing, 25% filming, and then you will kind of review your waves together. And yeah. that, that, by contrast, is a really fun, you know, yeah, even, yeah, even if you just, you know, going back to someone's house or you can get the footage up on an iPad in the, in the local cafe. It's really fun to sit there and watch through the waves and, and, and enjoy that. Will's nodding because I know that he, Will hates going through footage with anybody else yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. but I like to review my footage in the the Jodie Foster escape room. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes all you can hear is just quiet sobs coming from... <laughs> I uh, get pretty self-conscious around... Uh, people that I don't know so well but it's um, as soon as you start talking about going out and getting footage pretty much everyone is excited to be able to get some footage of themselves and 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 see what's going on even if there's no you know coaching aspect of it so as soon as you you bring up the idea you know if you're the person that takes the initiative that that you know puts the initial investment into getting the equipment and then says hey look I've got a video camera do you fancy you know splitting a bit of time next weekend pretty much everyone's going to say yes and it, it, it is such a great way to go about improving your surfing yeah and actually i just add on to the end of that as well um 
I mean, you know, there are a bunch of different online coaching things out there and, and it's probably something we're going to do in the future. Um, and that we weren't particularly advocating that you record footage in order to send it to us or anyone else. But I mean, just we would be interested if you if you have experiences with lots of different online coaching um, people out there. I know some of us have done stuff with Barton Lynch and, and some of the Hurley people. Martin Dunn. And Martin Dunn. Yeah, like send it out there and, and tell us what you think. And uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to talk about it a bit more on the show because I think it's a really interesting area. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing that's happened while we've uh, been off air is in May, we had a few people come down and stay at the resort while we were closed and we were doing a little bit of maintenance and we had a couple of couple of friends come down and uh, Mark Auger, who does all of our web design, came down to stay and Matt Warshaw, uh, who uh, regular listeners will remember, runs the Encyclopedia of Surfing. We did a, a really good interview with him in a, a previous episode. But Mark and Matt have actually started working together. I think we might have mentioned this on the on the podcast a few episodes ago. But Matt and Mark have been working together and they've they've rejigged the whole of the Encyclopedia of Surfing website. And I, I just took advantage while they were both sitting in front of me to um, throw a microphone at them and just record a little podcast about that 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 sort of process of of taking that huge encyclopedia of surfing and and trying to rejig how people would interact with it. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys will, will find this interesting. It's a little follow-up as well to when we spoke with Matt. You know, the, the Encyclopedia of Surfing was sort of teetering on whether he was going to pull the plug on it or not. And uh, I, I, he says this in the in the interview, but, you know, he was hugely, hugely thankful to all of you listeners uh, for all the support that he got from you guys when, when, when he did that interview. And, and, you know, the EOS is now going on to bigger, brighter things. And uh, I will just add as well that Matt Warshaw is just one of my favorite people to hang out with. <laughs> this is the second time he's come down. And I, wasn't, I didn't sit on the interview that you guys were doing, but we got stuck into so many just really meaty chats about everything under the sun over that week, over a few beers. And uh, yeah, I just think he's a fabulous human being. Yeah. Okay, so I am uh, joined at the resort today. Um, I've got Matt Warshaw here with me. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Good, Harry. Um, and I'm also joined today by uh, Mark OJ, who is the uh, the shared connection between between right. Surf Simply and the Encyclopedia of Surfing. Uh, Mark does the website that some of you listeners are probably looking at right now as you listen to these words. Uh, Mark is responsible for that and also for the um, the beautiful, new, updated, shiny version of, of the Encyclopedia of Surf. Um, so, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's uh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks first for the time, kind words. First time on the podcast. It is. Long time listener. Uh, first time <laughs> First time on a podcast ever. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really privileged very good very cool and and matt last time we spoke was a, a year ago and you you right. had just sort of you you were just starting the campaign to try and save EOS, and and i think we were the maybe the second podcast that you'd you'd done in a long time and and the first one was really small and almost like a warm-up one and i kind of think of the surf simply one that was sort of the first uh, real one yeah i felt like uh, but but you've done quite a lot since then. You've done quite a few with with David and and Chaz Smith. I bring these. I bring my props here. I can, yeah. <laughs> if you guys can hear that, um, I've never been comfortable speaking in public uh, or doing anything sort of live or recorded or this. So, but I've I've discovered uh, beta blockers, and I've always known about um, Ativan, and I'm not afraid to uh, to uh, take these to get me through. Uh, this in, in better form. Although for this one, I'm doing this. I'm taking this one straight on. 
sober. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've go. got that, these in that, front of me to look at just as a, you know, a visual <laughs> reminder that they're there for me. But um, no, we're, we're going to do this one just on the, on the natch. Oh, as that's, we say. that's very cool. I yeah. actually, randomly, I heard your, your voice coming at me the other day from, uh, what was it? It was when Dick Dale passed away. And there was, the, for, for a guitar. How do, you, how do you know about that guy? Fret, the Fretboard Journal. Goodness, I, you know what? I have no idea how I saw it. But I saw that, that it was something to do with Dick Dale passing and it was something to do with an interview about him. And I, I actually, I, I, I've always been a bit of a fan of Dick Dale's music. And so I started listening and, and then you were on the podcast. So, so randomly, um, or fortuitously, that guy who does that lives about six blocks from my house. So he oh, no called way. me up and I'd, I'd seen him before a few times. Uh, he's a, he was one of the, he subscribed to EOS the first day the things went up. He's a sweet guy and has a wonderful magazine. It's sort of a, uh, it's a guitar version of the surfer's journal called the fretboard journal. Mm -hmm. And he said, this will seem kind of weird, Matt, but you know, Dick Dale just died. Do you want to come on, drive on down and do the, the podcast? And, and I said, sure. And 15 minutes later, I was sitting in a thing just like this, talking about Dick Dale with these in front of me, with, then at with that your point too. Friends. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that went, that went, that was fun. He's a good guy. Ah, oh, very cool. So, 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 fill us in. The the, the, well, the the last time we talked was a little more than a year ago because I think that the um, the, the the save encyclopedia of surfing thing. That's right. Let me, let me go back. Encyclopedia of surfing had existed for about five years and was sort of on the precipice of of. Um, carrying on or, or, or failing, to be honest. And um, also, I think, due to my own lack of sort of promotional skills and marketing skills and not knowing really what the business plan was, I needed to raise $30,000 to keep it going. I raised double that because of doing the Surf Simply podcast. I'm going to give you, uh, that, I got to raise about $40,000 off the snow. I don't know how much <laughs> I raised, but it went way over beyond what I what I'd hoped for. And it's been sort of up and safe, you know, I'm not, it's not, it's not raining money on me, but it seems, it feels secure now. So that worked out wonderfully. And then as this bonus thing, because of a weird thing that happened during that, that fundraiser, which was that my dev guy made a horrible mistake in the first two days worth of money that came in, like, God, it was something close to 10 grand actually didn't come through. So I had to call oh, back no all those people and do that again. <laughs> so those guys got fired. Who right. were my dev guys there. And out of almost, you know, I just sort of flung notes out to all the people who I kind of thought might have a, a tip for me. Rue put me in touch with Mark. So not only did I get the money, double the money, but I also got uh, my, new, my new dev guy. Your new, uh, your, your new web man. Yeah, it was actually been more than a dev. I mean, at this point, it's almost like a, a partnership. We're in touch almost daily. Although this is just here at Surf Simply, this week is the first time we have met face-to-face. Yes. -face. You, yeah. you were saying this morning that it, this is a little bit of a, almost a blind date. I was talk, talking to my wife before. I, haven't, I also haven't surfed in a year. Um, so she said, how do you feel like going to Costa Rica? And I go, I'm nervous. I, you know, I don't know if I can still stand and turn or angle. And, and I said, I've got to, I'm going to go meet Mark, too. And I, I think he likes me, and I know I like him, but I, I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. You know? and it's like, so I was nervous about it. Was like, it was like somebody I'd known for quite a while, but it felt like a sort of a first date. Yeah, it was, I mean, it has been It's 14 months, I think. We've it was, that's right. Pretty much you know, daily. Like, there's been constant that's communication right. during that time. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, but I guess that's just you know, marvel of the modern world. Like, you, can, you can do that, and then... You know, for me, totally echo your sentiment. 
I'm totally aware of you and you like all the amazing work you've been you've been doing and all of a sudden I'm jetting off to Costa Rica to meet Matt Walsh right. or it was <laughs> really like pinch yourself stuff is uh yeah absolutely incredible but the, the, the site so when Mark and I first started working together on this as I say it had sort of gotten to a level where I felt it was it was viable mm-hmm. but it ought to be more than viable you know it ought to be a little bigger than that and for me I mean, viable meaning it's me doing all the content myself and I've got all the contributors I could ever want that's you know this whole thing with EOS is that all virtually all of the great filmmakers and photographers and writers editors have all they all love the project and they all let me use their stuff for free and you know it lives and it lives and dies on all that stuff and and I can get a lot of stuff up and I can make a you know I can sort of man this site but to go to a, another level to put more stuff on there to get uh, to basically open up so that all the content I have is now sort of more accessible. Um, Mark, I, I brought Mark on is not just a, doing the dev work and the coding, but he's now basically a, a partner. So we're we are not only saying, well, what's going to go up this week, but also like, what's what are we going to do in six months, and how about next year, and what's the next uh, fundraiser going to be? And I can I can lay a lot of that on on Jody over the course of uh, having a glass of wine every night. But at some point, and she's really patient with me, but it's, you know, <laughs> at some point she doesn't want to know about it or she yeah. wants to talk about her day at work, which you know, of course she does. And yeah. you know, with Mark, I don't feel, not just because I'm paying him, but also because at this point after 14 months, I think that he feels and he should feel that it's also his project as well. So it's two guys now pushing on the thing instead of one. and. That alone, um, I sleep better every night because I've got someone who's there with me doing all this, you know. So, and hopefully next week or the week after, Mark and I have been working on a. And we we redesigned um, the site top to bottom, and Mark basically put both his hands in and just took took all the wires and cables and it just gutted the whole site <laughs> and put in all new stuff, and it's gonna it looks amazing and it. I think even more importantly, although you won't sort of notice this right away, maybe you will, it, it's much smoother and it performs better. And tons of stuff that had been on the site um, that wasn't sort of linked together now if you type in a search term. Um, Encyclopedia of Surfing is Encyclopedia of Surfing, History of Surfing, Above the Roar, videos, and two other sites that are about to go up. But it was all sort of, they were all sort of separate. So if you wanted to go into History of Surfing to do a search, you could. And if you wanted to go into EOS, you had to go into a whole different thing. So that's all gone. It's all combined, and I'm excited about it. I, the site looks great, the new version, and it works like a dream. And that's on Mark. Very cool. So, so Mark, how was it coming in? You know, the Encyclopedia of Surf and Above the Roar and the History of Surfing and and all the other stuff. Like that was a huge thing. I remember being so excited when you know, for myself, clicking around it. But but from a development side you can be honest mark you can tell them <laughs> that, <laughs> that, like, that that must have been a huge project to take on well, yeah absolutely but there was i don't know there was sort of more there was more to it there's more meaning to it you know this was matt's life work like he spent a good chunk of his you know his life putting together all of this content and you know like slaving away and just writing and writing, it's, it's an absolutely incredible resource. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get an email. And the responsibility of, you know, presenting that to the world is kind of, 
it was you know it's just falling in your lap and just like oh my, you know it's like totally overwhelming. But when you pulled the hood up, what did you see underneath? Yeah, that? it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. It was a huge yeah. unholy was, mess. I think I, because you know like there's a million ways to skin a cat, and I right. think you just had so many different developers coming in. Yes. And, oh, let's plug this here and just mash this in there, and it was there was. You know, it took me a good while to just even get my head around right. like, how the whole thing was set up. and um, So, but it's fun, you know, like, I love that. It's like you're problem solving and just, I don't know, you just get to poke the box and see what happens, you know. It's like, it, it, was, it was really interesting. And then, and then, of course, you've got to make sense of it all and think, okay, well, you know, how are we going to move forward? What's the most efficient way? Like Mark, Mark was always been really good at saying um, he'll give me three different versions of how to sort of move forward. One will be the quick way. We can just make these two things connect and do this with this sort of, you know, and I don't speak, I don't speak the language, but it's basically, you know, if we can duct tape this one to that and wax these two get, we can, that'll be fine. And then he'll sort of say, or... <laughs> and, he, and, it'll be, and he'll be—he's he, never pushy about it, or, but he'll—he'll he'll give me the version that makes a lot more sense if we're thinking one year or five years down the line. And every time, I don't think there's been a time yet where I've—I've I've said, no, let's not do that. I, so part of why this 2.0 thing is gone from—it was going to take six months to now, or coming up on a year and a half—is that um, doing it the the right way always pushes the the timetable back. But it, it's not a huge problem because I've, I've, I can still keep working in the old site while Mark's doing what he's doing. Every now and then he'd say, come look at the, uh, the development site. And I, would, I wouldn't even stay on for very long because it was looking so much better than what's on right now that I didn't want to even really get used to it, you know, but. I think, because I, I mean, I spend, my, I spend all of my time pretty much on the dev site. So right, I'm, right. I'm just seeing like this, you know, this beautiful new product and. And then I'll go and have to do something on the live site. And I'm just like, oh, God, like, got to get this out. Like, <laughs> really, is, I mean, it's sort of worlds apart now. They really are. So um, we're just both super excited to get it out. But we should, uh, I, I need to send, send a shout out to Ryan Mayhar because he's, he's the guy that designed EOS 1.0, the first one. And I think the first time he gave me, he gave me two versions of Encyclopedia of Surfing when it was just Encyclopedia of Surfing before history or anything else was added on. And he gave me the one that he thought I wanted, and he just came up with another one that he was just not his not a throwaway at all, but it was more like the adventurous one that he that he thought, and that was the orange one that that is. And he gave me these two, and he said, "Well, here's the one that we talked about," and I also did a I worked up a second one, and he didn't try to push it on me, and I said, "Well, that second one is." It, I didn't even. This was years. This is three years before the site even went up. We spent so long getting it up the first time as well, but I saw the orange one which is more or less as it exists now. And, and it, it was just gut. It, I didn't even, it didn't even really go through my brain. And I go, that's the one. That's, that's the one. And, and the, the new one um, doesn't, didn't throw that away, but it's, it's a better version of that. And, and anyway, Ryan did the new version as well, all the design work. And um, he's amazing. And, and between the three of us, um, yeah, I can't wait to push the button on, on 2.0. And I just wanted to say thank you, Ryan, yeah, for that. Yeah, he, he was really great to work with. Mm. And yeah, he's a good, good man. Good, yeah. Really good work. Very cool. And, and so, Mark, from, from your end, you know, there's, there's a lot of people now that, that help. Everybody has to have a website. Sure. There's a lot of people who, like yourself, help people maintain, support, build their websites. A lot of the time it's 
a fairly simple, you know, four or five pages on on WordPress or, or Squarespace or something Absolutely, like that. Yeah. Um, you can then go up. There's there's maybe the slightly more complicated things. Maybe Surf Simply's website would fall into that, where we've got a few other kind of shiny things on there. Like, how much of a scale up then is is this new EOS from from your side as a web developer? Like, like how much more complicated is it? Well. Um, I th once you start getting into like payment gateways and things like that and you know security issues and um, you know there's a lot to think about um, everything all the payment gateways we're using are sort of third party so you know the site's super secure um, in that regard but still a lot to consider like you are dealing you know you've got to build trust um, with, the, with the with the new subscriber they don't want to be pumping their you know, credit card details into something that looks yeah. super shoddy. Um, so, you know, like there's just so much to think about. And as Matt touched on earlier, the, you know, the sort of the three sites were independent of each other. And, you know, you, there was just a lot of maintenance in itself to sort of manage those. So we've, we've But to stay on the just the payment thing for one sec, like up to this point, it's only been um, credit cards, which run through a company called Stripe. So we never actually see the credit cards. But... The whole thing for 2.0 really started by enough people had said to me, can I pay with PayPal? Or, right. And so I, we had to get PayPal in, and then I thought, well, if we're going to do that, we also see if we can get it where people can pay with through, um, through Amazon. So we just wanted to give people the th three options of how to pay. And that by itself was a, that's, that alone to have the three options, you, you know, how do you, you want to pay, Amazon, yeah. PayPal? That was, a, that was a big chore, I think. I mean, that, and that, that automatically makes it a pretty on the sort of complicated side? Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. It's more, you know, like thinking about the, you know, the flow, like, so there's not, you know, oh, redirected to this page and then that, you right. know, like trying to condense it into the smoothest, right. um, most straightforward route possible, really. Because there, yeah. there is so much information and presumably, I mean, presumably what both of you guys are hoping is people are going to go on and kind of go down a black hole and lose themselves uh, in the site for a little while. Yes. Yeah, sure. So it's, the, when I'm when people ask me like you know what it, it, you have to sort of constantly justify in your head what you're offering for when you when you have a a, a paid site everything's free I mean almost everything's free and so mm. three bucks a month seems like a pittance but you know it's it's a million times more than how much it costs to go on um, Surfline or Beach Grid or and you know, everything else is is free you know so. I think all the time about like what what is what is the pitch here like you know when three bucks a month, the kind of swallow this it's good for you pitch is that there's a lot of archiving going on a lot of databasing there's a lot of preserving of stuff that otherwise would vanish I, I mean I've spent months of my life <laughs> plugging in VHS tapes into this machine here and digitizing it onto you know really shitty surf videos from the <laughs> 80s and 90s that, that no one actually wants to see. But on the other hand, I've got this, you know, this is the one video that has, I don't know what it might be, you know, the, all the Malloy brothers um, riding the same wave at the same time. There's always something in there. It's all worth preserving. None of it's, you don't want to lose any of it, you know. And we're going to still lose a ton even if I do this, even if I live to be 105. But so that part's always kind of going on. That's never not, I'm always doing some of that stuff. And that's like, so, you know, support the site because it, there's these, this good work going on. But I think I provide 75 cents worth, a, a week's worth of entertainment, you know. So I want to make sure that 
for three bucks a month, I'm also gonna, you, you, you will uh, get something that you'll go to the site for some reason, and then I very much want everyone to then wake up 45 minutes later or something, and not wake up, but you know, look yep. up and go, oh my God, I just went. And part of what's great about 2.0 is that the thing is so much better connected. So if you do get to TwinFin, for example, that'll take you to Mark Richards, and that'll take you to the 1976 World Tour, and that'll take you to that year's Pipe Masters, and there's video here, and there's photos here, and there's an interview over here, and yeah, you know, just pull the shades down and let everyone, have everyone leave you alone for a while. The modern era, people don't mind paying a few dollars for really good content, right. and it is really, really good content. You, and you right. mentioned Beach Grit and all the rest of it, you'll, you know, you'll get a whole bunch of ads and distractions and whatnot and with two we've we've you know the content's there there's no distractions right. you, it's down to you to get lost and immersed in it you know there's nothing pulling you to random sites it's it's pure and it's really great content and absolutely worth the three dollars and i i do think there's a lot to be said and maybe i this is me making a um, virtue out of um a just bad business decision i made a long time ago but way before the site when the, when the site was just a glint in my eye i said i won't do it if there's ads on it just out of, I, I just can't stand going on the sites with, you know, where I'm cl clicking all the X's to get rid of the ads. So, whatever business plan was going to come, and, and uh, that's still in, the, in development. It is a subscription site, but there needs to be sort of more subscribe. I mean, the business plan will never not be in development, but it was never going to include ads. And I still, to this day, you know, when when the when the homepage pops up and it's just that grid and there's nothing else on there, I, oh, I've never regretted that choice that, that and I I hope you're right that people will pay a little premium for it um, if nothing else just being cleared out of all the advertising no I I, I mean I, I agree with Mark I think I think you know in, in in this day and age people are so used to you know this little Netflix subscription here this little Spotify subscription there it's we, people are becoming more and more used to that model and I think as long as the content justifies it which right. you know as Mark said this is I think there are two really good reasons why people should subscribe to this, and 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 I think we said it on our last interview. And you know, there is the one side that it it, it is great content. It's it's really fun to go and get lost. I'm a man that 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 gets lost on YouTube and lost into Wikipedia right. on regular occasions. And 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 I over the last year or so have gotten lost uh, researching something for the podcast. Quite often, I go onto EOS and. Right. get lost bouncing link by link by link. But I think that there is also that philanthropic side of it. That's that, it. That exactly as you said, uh, you know, you've set out with this endeavor and, and you know, both of you guys now are, are, are working to catalog and preserve stuff right. that is otherwise just going to be lost. And, and, and there is, there's, there's been this debate, I think, within surfing as to, you know, is it a sport? Is it a lifestyle? Is it a culture? And so many people place so much value on the, the culture and the lifestyle mm. of, of our sport and that the, the lifestyle and culture heritage of our sport. And yet so few people are doing anything to preserve that. There's a few surf shops that have some old boards in the roof. There's a few people have published books, but, but, but the, the massive archive material that you're trying to preserve. I and think this was a, this was a, a just a, a huge eye opener for me that I, Last time I talked to you, when the when the when the fundraiser had just started, and so I get to the end of that, and I've made double what I wanted, which was just awesome. But I would not. I've already said I won't. I don't want to have any ads on the site. 
but I'm not, I was not against taking corporate money. I, if, if somebody, you know, if Hurley or Quicksilver, somebody would have said, oh, we love what you're doing. Uh, here's 20 grand, go do your thing. I, I, and I actually really thought that once I put that SOS out there, I really thought, well, some rich, some corporate person somewhere out there in surf is going to say, look at Matt, I'm so, he should be doing this, he's, he's qualified and, and he's the guy and no one else is doing it, I, I'll, let, me, let me leave his, let me relieve his, and that did not happen. So, so it was a real eye-opener to me that the this, this 60 grand or whatever that I pulled in came from a few hundred people who were just um, basically fans of the site. And I got a few big donations, I think I got, I got one or two that were maybe five grand and a few thousand dollar ones Thanks, mom. Um, but most of it was anywhere from like five to fifty bucks. Yeah. And when the dust settled, and there's sixty grand, and I'm breathing easy for the first time really in three years, it's it just like I went, God, that's who Encyclopedia of Surfing is for. I um, all the lip service that the surf culture sort of. Or the, or the business part of it sort of pays to uh, this, you know, surfing heritage and tradition. That's just for their ads, you know. Mostly they don't, they didn't. It, the people, and there are there are people who care about it, but it's not the surf industry itself. Yeah. It absolutely wasn't. It was a, just an eye opener to me. And on one hand, I was kind of disappointed, and I should have known better because I've been in the surf industry for decades. But the degree to which this it wasn't the degree to which it was a hundred percent basically of people who just like what I'm doing, love surfing, feel that this is a worthy thing to you know a worthy thing to support, and here's five bucks or here's fifty bucks. So that was wonderful, and I, I, I've never sort of forgotten that you know, and it wouldn't have been really I, I don't know I, I, I guess I I guess I'm still a little, I still feel a little hurt. It wouldn't have been much for any one of pick a number, two dozen companies to come in and just say, we love what you're doing here. We're not going to take out one ad in Surfer this year. We're going to help you or something, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, as I said at some point in a post, I said, you know, I know who I work for with this. And it's, it's all you guys that sent me, you know, that, that bit of money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in many ways, I think that, that that's almost a win on both, on, I, on both ends, you know, to, 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 to be free of that. Uh, you know, to be able to step aside from the surf industry. If somebody had, if somebody had cut me a check for fifty grand, I would have, I would have just partied and celebrated for a week, saying I've made it. And then I would have started getting nervous again because then you're back into the same thing like I was sort of with Surfer Magazine, when they were my sole supporter for three yeah. years, which was great and generous of them, and I thought that was going to go on forever. But you don't ever want to have the whole thing built on. Yeah. One, you want to have it spread out over. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think it's there were five or six hundred people that donated, and then we've got eleven hundred subscribers. That's what you That's you, wanna what you that want to have that base, you know. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good place, and I and I'm I don't have any doubt that working more with Mark on not just building the site like we've been or rebuilding the site, but on sort of thinking about and then executing ways to make it better and make it get it sort of more out there and bring more people in is going to happen. I'm, I'm, I don't have the same sort of doubt and worry that I had in those first few years. I think that's fantastic. And, and, and actually, I will say, having you came down and stayed with us last year. 
for a week and I remember you were you, you were getting up very early in the morning and going off to surf by yourself and you, you told me that, that you were going out and getting cross with yourself in the water and you didn't want anyone around and then this week we've been going out and surfing together we actually had a, you know a, a surf today where the surf wasn't that fun and you've been you were smiles and relaxed and you know I, I, I hope that that some of that there was there was always this part of me that um, day to day I'm thinking well what do I what do I have to put up today what do I need to post to get done? And if I back off, I think, well, what do I have to do to sort of bring in a few more subscribers? And I back off a little further than that, and I go, what do I have to do to take two trips a year to somewhere warm? Yeah. Like, so that's, <laughs> in, in some weird way, what it ultimately gets me back to, hopefully, yeah. is a few more. I, I live in Seattle now, and I, I just... I was here for my birthday yesterday, and I just turned 59, and I, I, part, of, part of getting older is... A huge part of getting older is just sort of stopping things that you used to do, which sounds depressing, but it's actually not. It's kind of liberating. And one of the things I stopped doing about three years ago was surfing in 49-degree water. Like, I'm just too <laughs> old to surf, and I don't want to surf. So I don't surf anymore up in the in in Seattle. And But but to get in the water like I have been this week, in warm water with just trunks and a um, disgusting black T-shirt with wax all over it, is that's what I want to do. I just need to do more of that now. So I, I totally second that. I've just come from a long UK winter where yeah, yeah, hoods, boots, gloves, and just to be back in boardies again has been, right. you know, that, this whole week or so has just been absolutely incredible. Like hanging out with the, the, this amazing new surf simply resort, yeah, yep. catching up with you, chatting in EOS and just, you know, just surfing. It's just been, it's just been absolutely incredible. So this, I mean, so this has sort of been your uh, your AGM meeting. Is this it is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> board meeting. Board yeah, meeting. Yeah. This is your board meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mark and I, um, I looked at him at some point in the second day, and I said, "Well, at some point we have to have a little bit of do a little bit of business." And we tucked into this room to the right here, into our into our back office. Yeah. Talked about for like you know thirty or forty minutes about what's next. And then that was sort of, and that, other than that, we've just been saying, how was that way for you? And oh, that was good. How was that way? You know, and, or, or talking about, you know, British comedians or something. So it's, you know, that's, but I think that's both what we, we both kind of needed that. Because yeah. otherwise, Mark and I, it's always been, where are we at with this sort of that little sort of sub-project? Yeah. yeah, I think, because at the end of the day, professional relationship and, uh, but even then, like just, you know, our communication, there's always a little note on the end of any email, just, oh, how are you doing? Like, how's, how's, how's Jody? Or like, you know. Yeah, or, or um, we're talking about the contest that just happened or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, yeah. yeah. So, like, as you say, it was kind of weird. It's like I genuinely felt you were a friend before right. I got here and I'd never right. sort of met you. And then, so yeah, it's just been, it's been really good just consolidating that and, and uh, just hanging out. Happy days. Next year, we'll come back and do this again. Yeah, I'm totally down with an annual. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> okay. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. Well, look, let me, thank you both of you for, for sitting down. I mean, thank you both for coming down and hanging out this week. Oh, I know, Mark, oh. we, we've got some stuff to talk about with the Surf Simply website as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just plenty of work so it's on the horizon. Too so. much of a vacation but, for yeah, you. But no. but no, thank you both for coming down here. It's been, it's been really great. I know... I know um, this is several years ago when we started the podcast and, and I got asked by, I think some of the guests that were staying at the resort, you know, who, you, you know, you're going to get Kelly on, are you going to get this on this, that, the other on. And I, I distinctly remember saying at one point, I don't know, you know, that the person I'd really like to get on is Matt Warshaw. No. And, uh, and so being able to, to, you know, not just get you on the show, but, but just hanging out this week and surfing and talking about, 
comedians and Jeeves and Worcester has, has I been do. I've, Well, I'm a giant anglophile, and, and, you know, so to be around, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're outnumbered um, right now. <laughs> but look, let, let, let me ask you, let, let, let's finish with, the, with this one question um, to, to both you, and I'll get both of bo- both your answers on the same thing. We're, you're just about now to, to launch the, the second version of the EOS. Mm. There's obviously lots of individual bits of content in there. Um, there's also the whole project overall. What's, what's your favorite bit? What's the bit you're most excited to 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 put out there are you most pleased with you want to go first mark um i think the sort of the aggregation of all the sites into one you know sort of like master site if you want um the search functionality like you know everything's just you know there's some tweaking to do but you know like it is it's just so much more efficient than the old one and I, I like what you said to me this morning in the water when you said that you keep trying to work on the back end and then yeah. going d- going down a black hole yeah. by yourself. Yeah, you? it's just like, oh, this, hang on, oh, this, this is interesting. And, you know, you just, you've read three articles and, yeah, but it's just the, incredible. The, the, the search functionality is so true because the, the, the idea that if you wanted to do, let's just say you were doing a, a thing on Pam Burridge, you would have to go from site to site, three, you know, three sites that we have now and do three different searches, which is ridiculous, especially if you're paying uh, three, you know, if you're, if you're paying for So what Mark and Ryan have done is now you do one search for Pam Burridge and it all comes up in tabs. Here's, here's where she is in encyclopedia, here's where she is in history, here are the videos, here, you know, and, and that's just, and again, I'm just hearing myself going, Wow, these these three guys are talking about search fun- functionality, and to me, it's just like the most exciting thing. That's what we've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Uh, along with along with that, the account side of things as well. We've completely redone, yeah. you know, like the so how you administer your account. Yeah, that's that needed a that needed a lot of work. And it's funny when you just asked that question, Harry, about what the, the thing that for some reason I look forward to the most every week, um, and maybe it's because it's getting me back to sort of how I started. I don't do any writing anymore except for this newsletter that I do that I've cleverly titled The Sunday Joint, which is the, you know, the newsletter that comes out every Sunday that's you know, three or four paragraphs with a lot of links, and it's mostly just catching them up with what went on, what went up on the site. But I also get a chance to just write a little bit. And most of my week these days is, is, is spent doing insanely dull, uh, you know, d- data entry or, or whatever, or making a video, which I love doing, but because I will always look for an excuse to put off writing. And I do that joint, and I know that it's essentially, I, I know it's just an email, but I've been doing that joint now for, that Sunday joint for the newsletter for maybe not even a year, I think, and it's something that I resisted doing for all these years. I didn't want to be sending out a, a newsletter because who wants to get a newsletter? And the minute I'd sent my first one out, it was like, that was fun. It seems useful because I'm, I'm letting the people know what I did this week. Yeah. And I found a voice that um, people really enjoyed. I did. I decided made the decision to do the newsletter in first person, and I'll usually I'll bring in a little bit of personal stuff. But that thing has been a um, that thing has been a joy for me to do for this last year. And I, I've gotten back to liking writing again. So that's been the thing that I'm looking forward to doing the most. And it, and, it, and it is as a as a chain email. It it, it is an enjoyable read. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting, and it, and it, and it's funny as well. Being you know a, a lot of times you know the stuff that you've posted or the stuff you've written about. Has some sometimes has some tie-ins to what's going, you know, what's 
going on in the surf world at right. that moment. Right. And uh, I, you know, I don't know whether that's deliberate or, or, or just sort of happenstance. No, it absolutely is because I always, you know, the encyclopedia of surfing, by definition, is sort of very backward looking, and I, I'm always looking for the way to tie this to that to the present. Yeah. So the whole thing works best when it's uh, when the two times when 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 the the archival stuff is um, sort of harmonizing a bit with things that are happening now. And this is where I, you know, when people, you know, you, you see the word encyclopedia or the word history, and it's just like, you know, you're, you're three quarters of the way to losing anybody, because <laughs> who remembers that? But, but if you can make it work right, and I, I remember this is why I was a history major in, you know, at college, if you make it work right, it should have um, a resonance with what's happening in surfing and your surfing life now. And I think it feels great to know that surfers of the past were making the same mistakes, the same decisions, having the same thrills, doing the same stupid stuff that you're doing now. And I, you know, you're, you're, there's that connection. And, and that's why it's not, that's why history for me at least has never just been this dead stuff back then. It's stuff that you, you're hearing the echoes uh, in your own life, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's very. Uh, so yeah, the the Sunday joint. I love it. Given time zones, uh, I wake up to it on a Monday morning, and uh, so it's how I start my week. Uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. Coffee in the Sunday joint. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Monday's a good day. And the other thing that's been that's been great about the Sunday joint is that um, because it's an email, which again I. Usually, if I see something that's a newsletter, I'm looking right away for the unsubscribe or delete. Or but people read it, and then I spend much of my Mondays usually re replying. So anyone that gets the Sunday joint just hits, has to hit repl uh, hit reply, and they have a question about something I just wrote, or they want to say um, that reminds me of this little story. And then, and I'm EOS is, is at this strange place, wonderful place right now, where it's big enough that I'm not worried about its survival, and it's not so big that I can't stay in touch with people. So I, I think everybody that you know hits me back on Monday with a comment or uh, or or a question on, I can just get back to them. So it's it's a connection that I really look forward. That, that my Monday is mostly spent drinking coffee and replying to people who have replied back to me from the Sunday joint. No, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's really nice. Well, look, thank you so much again, both you guys, for coming in. Should we go surfing, you guys? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think, I, I think we should. We uh, the, the tide's just coming in, okay. so I think it should be good. Um, just a final, a, a final wrap-up, EOS, where, where can we find you guys? EOS.surf. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think the 2.0 is going... We'll have a better name for it by then. But 2.0 is going to... We said... Well, I'm going to just go ahead and announce the date, although I think we said the, sure. the 19th. Yeah, put the pressure Although on. you may not, this may not be up by the 19th, but hopefully of by May. May 19th, we're supposed to have two point up. So if you're hearing this after, I hope you guys like it. And uh, Mark, if, uh, if people are, are stuck and struggling to uh, support their website, should they reach out to you or are you going to be, uh, you well, going to be very deep in the uh, EOS? Yeah, I mean, I'm always open to listening, you know, to people's projects or whatnot. Um, but between Surf Simply and EOS at the moment, uh, I'm yeah, I'm absolutely so privileged to be working with two things I like I really believe in. So um, I'm 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 all good. But yeah, sh sure. If, where if can anybody where wants can to get in touch, find you? Um, 
you can hit me up at info at markoj.com, which is spelled uh, M-A-R-K-A-U-G-I-A-S dot com. It's the, it, it is the least phonetic name yeah. ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I had a French granddad and <laughs> yeah, okay. that's his legacy. Alrighty. Right. Well, let's, um, let's do it. Let's go and get changed and go for a surf. Thanks so much. Thanks Harry. so much, Harry. Really appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, nearly done for this episode. Uh, we've got a little what to watch coming up, um, but fear not. We will uh, be back on a more regular basis in the future. We've got some more episodes coming up for you uh, in the next few weeks and months. So Jesse, what have you got for us? Um, I have a quite cool video. It's called The Physics of Surfing. It's from Ted Ed Lessons. Um, and it's a cute little cartoon that just explains the physics behind surfing. Do you know how I first saw that? My mum sent it to me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like really friendly and like you don't have to be a surfer to enjoy it. And all of their videos, I was looking through a couple more from the TED Ed lessons and they're all so interesting. But this was really cool. I was like... There's other surf geeks out there. <laughs> there are. Do you know what's really interesting? The the scientist who de- who gave the the, the animation is based on a talk that um, the scientist. I think his name's Nick Piso. Um, I will double check that. Apologies, Nick, if I pronounce your name wrong. Um, so he, he he's written several papers um, actually trying to break down all the stuff that kind of we talk about all the time about where is the power in the wave and and what are the physics of the of the breaking wave and stuff like that. And he, he did a TED talk about it, and that's what got animated and turned into that little thing. But um, me and Will were actually looking at one of his papers the other day, trying to figure out some stuff about you know the difference between taking a high line and a low line, and and you know trying to get some trying to put some numbers to it really. I love it. It says, like, under the description, it says, Nick Pizzo dives into the gnarly physics that makes surfing possible. That was really cute. (laughs) Uh, Will, what have you got for us? I have one of those classic Will recommendations about interesting people making unusual equipment. So Um, it's a Formula One video again. Yeah, it could be. You know, I was almost (laughs) going to take my one. I figured you guys just give me one chance to talk about Formula One per episode. I haven't (laughs) took it this one yet. So (laughs) I had the chance earlier that I didn't take. But um, it's uh, it's called Creative Kin and it's uh, guys like Derek Disney and Thomas Campbell, Donald Brink, you know, guys that make kind of interesting equipment generally. Um, And it's them getting together, um, kind of it appears to be in the middle of nowhere in an old caravan, just talking about their philosophies generally and they're all building interesting boards. And it's just a really nice, nice film for you guys to have a look at. Very cool. I know Ash has been been hanging out quite a bit with Donald Brink, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I rode a Donald Brink. I actually didn't ride a Donald Brink board. I rode Donald Brink's board, <laughs> um, but not knowing that it was it was his, and he didn't know that I was using it. At the time, so. <laughs> he does now because um, he listens to the show. Yeah, was that yeah. when we were in California? That's when we were in San Clemente. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a quite a big day at San Ofre, as far as I could tell from what people were saying. And of course, because he's Donald Brink, he didn't have a leash plug in it well oh, right just, yeah there was not it just just didn't exist on the board and so i surf sano for a leashless looking like a cool guy but actually struggling to keep hold of the thing and terrified <laughs> the entire time yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm hoping we might get donald brink on the show one day because i'd love to have a chat with him about some of his yeah. some of his asymmetric designs and things 
What do you got for us, Rick? Uh, well, mine is just, it's just a little edit that I'm not sure who made it, someone in their bedroom probably, but it's just called Waves <laughs> That Shouldn't Have Been Made. But it's epic. It's, it's really, really good. Really I thought, I thought you were leaning good. towards it being you that made it. <laughs> just <laughs> some guy, some genius sitting in his bedroom. No, it's, it's really freaking good. And it's, it's a lot of old footage and it, they just tack a lot of soundtrack on it. But it's just a compilation of waves from the 90s and noughties in the last nine years. God, that's 30 years, I guess, isn't it? Um, yeah, it just if you want to get excited about surfing and you just have got 60 seconds, stick it on. It's amazing. And it has that song. Um, the beginning of View from a Blue Moon. Yeah, he was like, this is how you get pumped up for <laughs> yeah, surfing. Yeah. That's, a pretty, that's a pretty difficult song not to enjoy. Very cool. Well, and... Uh, my uh, my little what to watch for you guys. Uh, this is this has been around for quite a long time, so I suspect anyone that's uh, that's geeky enough about surfing uh, may may have already seen it. But Brett Barley, who's um, uh, an East Coast US pro surfer, oh, he's good. I like his stuff. Yeah, he, he makes very good. He's, he's a very good surfer, very good uh, tube rider, but he makes quite good uh, little videos. I think we've recommended a couple of his in the past. There was one where he he went off to Skeleton Bay in Namibia for the first time and kind of documented the whole process of booking the trip and doing it. He's done a couple of really good ones about tube riding. So this this was my recommendation. He, he's done two videos. Oh, that is your recommendation. That is my recommendation. <laughs> there we go. Great minds think alike. Uh, finishing each other's sentences. We've been finishing <laughs> each other's sentences for so long now. Um, Peer review. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. That was just a good, solid joke. Um, but no, he's done, he's done two videos. And I think a lot of the times when you see like pro surfers that have learnt skills just sort of intuitively over years and years and years and years and you see them trying to explain to people how to do it it's often pretty vague and not that helpful and um brett barley was so explicit about how he was talking he had to break it down into two 20 minute talks in terms of how to get barreled. And it, I, I think he does a really good job of explaining some stuff that I've not seen anybody else talk about in that level of detail before. And with that much just just experience of, of being in those situations. So I thought they were really good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, for now, from all of us here in Costa Rica, goodbye. We love you. Bye. That was the Surf Simply podcast from the Surf Simply coaching resort in Costa Rica. For more about Surf Simply's video coaching courses for experienced surfers and technical coaching for entry-level surfers, go to surfsimply.com.